are listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. Though located in the heart of the Silicon Valley, you will hear fervent, old-fashioned revival preaching from the pulpit of North Valley Baptist Church. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message. Across the Potomac River, and perhaps many of you have been there in Washington, D.C., Virginia, the Potomac River is a beautiful place. And as you go across, I'm envisioning right now leaving D.C., going over the bridge, and then you're in Virginia. And then immediately, if you'll begin to look, you'll see a beautiful place on 639 acres. When I took my wife to Washington, D.C. with the seniors two years ago, it's the first time she'd ever in her entire life been in D.C., I love that city. I just, I love it. I enjoy it. When we went, I said, what was your favorite thing? And she said, what I'm talking about right now, Arlington National Cemetery. My wife grew up on a farm in Illinois, open land. And I guess she was rather shocked how much D.C. is just buildings and buildings and busyness. And I love the Supreme Court. I love the White House. And I love the House of Representatives and the Senate, I love all those buildings, the Treasury Department, it's just fascinating for me to see. I love the Smithsonian's Institutes as you walk down that street by the mall, and the mall is not shopping, ladies, it's grass is what they call the mall. But I tell you what, there's something special about that Arlington National Cemetery. There's a picture, and I have it right here before me today, there's a picture when you enter Arlington, and it's a bronze, but it's painted black and white, uh, a very heavy piece of metal. It's like a stop sign, and it's an oval that's on the middle of it. And it says at the top, Arlington, at the bottom, National Cemetery. And in big, bold, white letters on that heavy piece of metal, it says these two words, Silence and respect. Silence and respect. Tonight, today I want to speak on that word respect. And yes, mother, but I don't know if I'll refer much to mother today. Respect is to have high regard, to have a, a, a position where we hold that person are that position and the highest honor. And of course, it's very obvious when we speak of mother, we need to respect our mothers. All of us have times that perhaps we were not the right child. But I tell you, though, I was not always a perfect child or young person. When I looked at my mother in that casket, I wasn't perfect. And I disobeyed and I received spankings. That's something that is new to this generation. My parents disciplined me. I looked into her face at corpse of a clay body. And I'm glad it never caused her purposely to cry. And if you're one of those today that are causing grief to your mother, just stop right now. I had a relative not long ago call me and said, now, Jack, what do you think about this? What do you think if I do this? And I love him, just a wonderful person. 
and he was just getting some counsel. And I said, you know, I don't need to give you counsel on that. You're a grown man, and I'm going to support whatever your decision is. I'm not here to question you. We've got so many people trying to be the mother in the home or trying to be the father in the home or trying to be this or trying to be that, and we're giving our opinion way too much. Hey, if you're a child, just be a child. If you're the husband, don't try to invade your wife's area. Ladies, don't try to invade your husband's area. York together as a unit. We respect motherhood. We respect fatherhood. We respect children. Here in this text that Brother Bertram read, it's an amazing story. As we read in chapter one, I want to draw your attention to verse 16. In chapter one, verse number 16, the Bible says this, Chapter 1, verse 16. I've got my paper clips. I've got the wrong place here. I'm sorry. The Bible says, And Bathsheba bowed and did obeisance unto the king. The king she's bowing before was King David. King David to Bathsheba was her husband. You think about an odd situation. She was given permission to come where the king was sitting on his throne. The king did not stand for his wife. But when she came to the throne to beseech her husband, the Bible said, and Bathsheba bowed and did obeisance to the king. She respected the person of the king, though it was her husband. She respected the position of the king, though it was her husband. Dear ladies, you can, as Proverbs 14 tells us, tear down your husband and tear down your home with your own hands, with our rebellion, with our anarchy, with no one's gonna tell me anything. And sir, we can do the same. We can show so disrespect for that lady, that one we call wife or call mother uh, our, our, and, and, and the mother of our children. Bathsheba bowed, interesting thought. Chapter one, verse 23. Now let's get Nathan. Nathan's a prophet. And they told the king, saying, Behold, Nathan the prophet, and who has come in before the king, he, what's that word? He bowed. Chapter 1, verse 23. He bowed. Just as the king's wife bowed before the king, her husband, so his right-hand spiritual advisor, when he came to see the king, he bowed. Bowing is a position of reverence. It's a position that says, your position is more important than mine. Your position deserves all the respect I can give it. I don't want to attack it. I don't want to fight it. I don't want to hurt it. I want to support it. Now here's something interesting. Kings do not bow. Wives bow. Children bow. Assistants bow. God's people bow, but kings don't bow. But may I take you to your Bible in chapter two? In chapter two, Bathsheba is now coming to see her son. Solomon is now the king. David, of course, if you'll go back to verse 12, the Bible said, then sent Solomon upon the throne of David his father, and the king was established greatly. So David dies. And now comes, it's going to die, but before David's going to appoint his son, Solomon, to be the king. And the Bible says 
Solomon would be what to Bathsheba? Solomon would be the son of Bathsheba. But he's king. Yes, but she's mama. Notice what it says in verse 23. Bathsheba therefore went in to see, two words, king what? King Solomon, verse number 19. Verse number 19, chapter one, chapter two, verse 19. Bathsheba went in to see King Solomon to speak unto him for Adonijah. And the king, the king rose up, stop, kings don't stand for people. Oh, but when mama comes to town, you stand. And the Bible says, and the king rose up to meet her and what's the word, church? Bowed himself to her. The king did not bow to his wife, but the king's son bows to his mother. Mother, in other words, deserves high respect in the family unit. America needs today a reminder of respect. I'm watching our nation fall apart. The wheels are coming off the nation. I'm watching us occupy cities for over 400 days, taking people's businesses, running into their businesses, now living in the businesses that they are supposed to be paying rent and taking their store and taking their possessions and destroying their buildings and setting police stations on fire and garbage cans on fire and throwing rocks and bottles and glass at the police. That's what you call lack of respect. We see anarchy. Last week again, a politician called, let's get out in the street, do what we have to do to have our message heard. And he, he was not talking about just a peaceably assembly. She was told, do what you have to do. She should not any longer be a House of Representative. She should terminate her position out of character. She showed disrespect for our flag for our country, for our heritage, for her position, for what she serves in that great. I can recall when I went about a year or two ago and I went to the House of Representatives and I walked in there to have morning prayer with the, uh, in the, in the uh, United States uh, House of Representatives. It's a very sacred place. It's a sacred place that deserves uh, respect when you walk in there. Uh, you don't graffiti the walls. You don't, uh, you don't uh, deface the, the, the walls of, uh, of the White House or the House of Representatives or the Eisenhower building right next door. Oh, you don't deface Portland, Oregon or Detroit, Michigan and burn down its police station. We are living in a day where young people think that they can take, and it is young people. My question is, where's mama? Mama ought to say, son, you get your body home tonight. Where's mama? And son ought to bow and say, yes, mama, but I'm 34 years old. Yes, mama. Solomon wasn't a teenager. He's now king. And mama came in to see him. Oh, yes, mama who had a sword passed. Mama who had a baby out of wedlock with her husband, King David. Mama who wasn't moral at a portion of her life, but she was still mama. Stop this holding your mother to perfection. Your mother may be unsaved, knows not Jesus Christ, she's still your mother. 
Your mother might be of another religion. She's still your mother. Your mother may not like the fact that you go to an independent, fundamental, temperamental Baptist church, but she's still your mother. Your mother may be dead and gone and she lies in a cemetery as many of our mothers do, but the name of your mother and the respect of your mother and your family name ought to guarantee the fact that you're gonna honor what your mother was all about. I wanna say today that America needs to learn to number one, respect position. He respected that mother's position was motherhood. One, respect your parents. Ephesians chapter six, verse one, children obey your parents and the Lord for this is right. Verse four, honor, honor thy father and mother. Yeah, but my dad's a goofball. My mother's a goofball. I don't care what they are, they're your parents. My dad said, had this told me again this week, my dad's been in jail. My dad's been in prison for over 30 years. Yeah, but it's your dad. Maybe as he's in jail, you could write him a letter. Maybe in jail, you could take time to say, Dad, here's what's happened in my life. Maybe in jail, you could see his life change. I'm getting so many letters from prisons across America during COVID, I always have. But I get these letters from all over the country. I got your name, Brother Treber, and I'm just writing to you. I'm in this prison. I've been here for 20 years. I've been here for 30 years. Pastor Whitlow, you know exactly what I talk about. Works with Rock of Ages here in the state of California. Two more prisons opened up to him this past week. In California, why? They know behind those walls, they need a man of God to come speak the word of God to them. And I want to say today, I don't know what your dad's done. I don't know who he is or how his lifestyle's been or he abandoned you in life. I don't know what your mother's all about. I don't know if she's a rebel, but you don't have any right to be a rebel if mother's a rebel. That position, God still says honor. Came a day I left father and mother to cleave to that wife right there and the two of us became one flesh. I did not any longer obey my dad. I'm to leave my father and mother. We established our own home. I wasn't walking around obeying my dad, but verse four was always there and it's in the 10 commandments. I was still commanded to honor my father and my mother. And honor is to show great respect. I mentioned earlier when I looked at my mother's corpse in that coffin, I, I, I wish I would have done a lot of things differently. I looked at my dad, sweetest, most wonderful, godly man I've ever met in my life. I thought of him again so much this week. I, I'm not even near the good man that he is in my life. And I've prayed it so many times this week. Oh, what a good man. A tow truck driver, a mechanic, a salesman, a high school diploma only. I outdid him academically in schooling with degrees, yes. But I'll tell you, I could not touch the hem of his garment. My dad was the most incredible man I've ever met in my life. But I even try to honor him in death. I look at my mother-in-law, my father-in-law's pictures. They're both gone. I look at my mother and father, my dad's picture every single day as well. And I want to honor them in life and in death. I'm saying today, parents, their position, their parent, respect them. Some of you ought to get on the phone on this Mother's Day and say, I'm wrong. Forgive me. I've neglected you, I've criticized you, and don't tell them that if they don't know that. Not only do we respect our parents, according to the Bible, we ought to respect police. 
we ought to respect the police. And I think I can include Brother Hall's, Miss Hall's, the military with that. My Bible says this in 1 Timothy 2.2, that we're to pray. And by the way, there's a respect in that prayer, all authority. These strange people that are crying out, get rid of the police. Good, give us your address so we can put it on the computer. So when you call, when you're being robbed, that we don't have to go to your house. You'll save taxpayers money. Stop. You say, well, I know some police that are bums. I know some people that are bums. Sometimes I think I'm one of those. But I'm telling you this, friend, I'm not suggesting every police officer's perfect. I tell you what, I've met only in my life good police officers, respectful. I know there has to be corrupt, just like there are corrupt pastors. But my job is not to find the corrupt one. My job is to respect and honor those that are in authority. We respect parents. We respect the police. We respect, this is a hard one, the politicians. Romans chapter 13. I wish we had the time, but perhaps this afternoon you can look at verses one through four. They're not a terror to us, the Bible says. Oh, I know that we're commanded to pray for them. My Bible tells me that in 1 Timothy. I'm to pray for them. It's difficult to pray. I see some of these on my prayer list that are politicians, and I think, Lord, I tell you what, I don't even like these people. But I'm responsible to pray for them. I'm not gonna speak evil. I'm not gonna be unkind. I will be direct. I'll tell them what we believe, but I'm not gonna be rude. I believe the Bible's teaching us here respect for a position, whether it be parents or police or politicians, by the way, or if it be a pastor. May I caution you about something and I am a pastor. I don't have to be your pastor if you don't want. There are churches all over, but when you find a pastor that you said, that's my shepherd, Quit crucifying the old pastor and quit crucifying the new pastor because the day will come if you crucify the old pastor. My Bible says this, 1 Thessalonians 5, know them, know means encourage them that labor among you and are over you in the Lord for their work's sake. God says as he writes to this preacher at this church, he says, I want you to, your church family, I want you at Thessalonica, I want you to encourage the man of God. He doesn't need your discouragement. Himself, he himself can do that. He doesn't need your discouragement. The devil can do that. He doesn't need your discouragement because the world can do that. He doesn't need your discouragement because the church, some folks can do that. They think that's their calling in life. But may I say, there's a position called pastor and it doesn't have to be me. You can choose whoever you want, whoever God leads you. But when you get a pastor, you don't throw cold water on his life. You love him, you respect him, you honor him. I was out soul winning yesterday and a man that was with me was a former Catholic. He's one of our good members of the church. We ran across a Catholic man and could not talk to him really much about the Lord, but we had a nice conversation with him. 
As we left, I said, you know, there's many in our church that were formerly one-time Catholics, and now they're Baptist. They've been saved. But I said, you know, Catholics oftentimes make some of the very best Christians because they've been brought up with the respect for the priest or for the Pope in their life. I'm not saying it's right. I'm not saying what they're teaching is right. I'm not saying the way to heaven is through Mary, Mother Mary, according to the Bible, there's one God and one mediator between God and man. It's man, Christ Jesus. But I am saying this, that so often Catholics make good Christians because they are kind to the, the, the priest or they're kind to the Pope. I'm not suggesting I want to get anything out of you. Paul said we don't merchandise the people of God. But I'm saying, friend, for your children's sake, don't criticize the pastors. Don't criticize the police. Don't criticize the politicians. Don't criticize the parents. And don't criticize one another, the people. There's Alex, a brand new Christian. There's Jim, who's new in our church the last five years or so. There's Brother Jose in the front, and there's families there. What a great, but they're all different. But I thank God that, that we don't have to live in church with disrespect for one another. The government will never teach us by laws how to like one another. In fact, right now they're doing just the opposite. The big attack today is to take away all this foundation of America's history with the Constitution. Wait a minute. Those that established this America were not perfect men. Some were Christians, some were deists, some were theists, different, different ones. But you know what the real attack is? Not the whiteness of those men. The real attack that this was a nation founded under God. And that's where the battle is. They don't want God. And they'll do anything to get rid of God. Even that constitution refers to God and almighty and providence. They don't want God as their problem. But government can never legislate us to like one another. Some scriptures. Let nothing be done through strife and vainglory. But let, here it is, each esteem other better than themselves. And I'm going to have to hurt that person because I don't like their race. I don't like their color. I don't like their creed. I don't like who they are. That's the Bible. And only the church that preaches the gospel can get people to learn to love one another. Let each esteem other. That means your neighbor is more important than you. And if you're the neighbor, you ought not to be saying, yes, I am more important. No, you say, my neighbor is more important than me. My Bible says this, look not every man on his own thing, but every one on the things of others. Caring for others, caring for the widow, caring for the helpless, caring for the needy, caring for the sick, taking meals to the house, cutting the lawn next door, trying to help people on the pathway of life. God said, as Jesus was approached, what's the great commandment? Well, he said, it's very obvious, Matthew 22, love the Lord thy God with all thine heart, soul, and mind. The second is like unto the first, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Why is so much hate amongst the, 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 the people in America right now? Because we've gotten rid of God. You're not going to legislate us to love one another, but God could cause us to love one another. 
when I was a boy, we'd sing it. We still sing it in elementary chapel. Red and yellow, black and white, they are precious in his sight. Jesus loves the little children of the world. For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son, and whosoever, that's anybody, any race, any color, any creed, male, female, anybody believes on the Lord Jesus Christ, they can and shall be saved. Respect for a position. Secondly, I want to close. Respect for a person. Solomon bowed. Kings don't bow. Why'd he bow? It was his mother. Mama's here. He stood. He bowed. Mama is not our personal maid. Mama should not be making the beds. Children ought to be taught how to make their beds. Children ought to be taught how to take their soiled clothes to whatever hamper you have. Children ought to learn to clear their plates. Children ought to learn how to wash the dishes. Children ought to learn how to say thank you. Children ought to learn to stay at the table until mother and dad say it's time. We don't eat and run and go and blow through lunch. Or we just sit there. I told our class this morning, you raise good families from a dinner table. You talk together. You play good, even time, KNBBC radio music. Very calming music at the dinner hour. Here's the problem. Solomon, he saw his mother and he bowed. But in the problem in America, we're not bound to mama. We're not bound to daddy. The teacher is a position. We are respect, we bow to the position. We, rebow, we bow to the employer. We bow to authorities, guard it. America has ratcheted it up. We have, it seems like so much hate that few people spew, but I wanna tell you something, there's not as much hate as they say. I was walking to church this morning and a sweet lady was out jogging. She came up behind me and she said, you going to church, Pastor? Sweet black lady. I said, I sure am. We talked as she was jogging and she was coming up and kept moving, walking. She was not jogging, she was walking. She was so sweet to me. I talked to her about Mother's Day and she's a mother of one, a 33-year-old girl. She was just so sweet. And she said, Pastor, you look very nice today. And I said, not bad for 100 years old. Every different ethnic group I spoke to this week, and I guarded this and I watched it, I tried to chart it in my mind. I spoke to many people this week. Every single one I spoke to of whatever ethnic background was plight to me. Every single one. Every single one. 
Young people were polite to me this week. I'm not talking about our own kids. I'm talking about outside of here. Young people were polite to me. Men were polite to me. Ladies were polite to me. Black people were polite to me. Indian people were polite to me. Filipinos were polite to me. Hispanics were polite to me. Stop this nonsense. We think that we all hate one another. Hey, we're sitting out here, out in the open, and look around, friend. Lady walked into our church years ago, the old building, and she said, you know what? You, 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 you have a problem, Pastor. I said, well, what is it? I was at the door. She goes, you don't like other nationalities. And I said, time out. Look at this lobby. We had every race and every ethnic group possible, and I was the white guy there. And I said, did you look around? I think there were 16 or 20 people out there that, in that lobby at that point. And she goes, yeah, you're the only white guy, aren't you? I guess maybe you must, must like them. Sure I do. Sure I do. I'm not going to die today with anger in my heart toward any group. I looked at my, I looked at my pastor's wife. The pastor, my pastor died later. I looked at my pastor's wife in her coffin. I'm glad I didn't have regrets. I'm glad my pastor, I didn't have regrets. So many of you are going to live with regrets. A man comes behind an elderly lady recently. He's running down the streets in the eastern city. She saw, did not see him coming. She's walking slowly. And he takes his fist and hits her in the head and knocks her out cold. There was a wave of that a few months ago going on the east coast. Taking whoever you want. Finding older people, just hit them in the head and knock them out and leave them there. That's called hate. But the king bowed himself to mama. And if we could learn to bow ourselves and not increase ourselves, but bow ourselves. Parents, some of you have some bridges to make, men. Some of you have some bridges to mend with relatives. It should be when their loved ones pass away that there's no regrets. When your in-laws pass away, there's no regrets. When your siblings pass away, there's no regrets. When your neighbors move away, there should be no regrets. When your co-workers go to another job, no regrets. When church members move on, no regrets. The story that's before us really was two brothers. I enjoyed hearing you read it, Brother Bertram. Because though dad was getting older, King David, and one son, Adonijah, he usurped himself to the throne. Nathan came to him and said, did you make a decision that I don't know about? It's there in the scripture. He read it. Did you make a decision that I don't know about? He said, Adonijah's on the throne. Bathsheba came and said, Adonijah's on the throne. There was family conflict going on. In closing, will you just look here, please, very carefully. If there's conflict in your home, whether it's in your home or your relatives outside your home, get that thing settled today. What are you thinking? 
If there's conflict in the church, you get it right. If there's conflict at work, you get it right. I was thinking this morning or this week, I guess it was, all the employers that employed me. I think in the grocery store business over 50 years ago. And I thought about the radiator shop. And I thought about the cars I transported up and down the state of Wisconsin. And I thought about the ice cream shop I worked in. I thought of all the different jobs I had, the, the auto parts store where I worked, and the factory where I, for the auto parts store where I, I stocked the goods. All of my employers but one were plight to me. One would cuss me all the time, just cuss at me all the time. Oh, there's always going to be an exception to the rule. I know that. That man has to be long dead by now. That had to be 55 years ago, I think, nearly. He was in his 50s then. But I think if you would ask him what kind of employee was Jack, he'd say he did his job. I know my other employers did that. I need to respect authority. And you'll never respect authority till you respect yourself. Your parents not the problem. Your boss is not the problem. Your mate's not the problem. Your church is not the problem. Your pastor's not the problem. You're the problem. There has to be a point where you'll bow the knee. That's why salvation, we bow before a holy God. Are you saved? Thank you for listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. For more information about our ministry or to find out how to get in contact with us, visit our website at nvbc.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.